from the Augusta National Golf Club in Augusta, Georgia, welcome to the Masters. Hello friends, and welcome to a tradition unlike any other, the Masters, presented by CBS. As the snow of winter melts away, sweet spring comes with gladness, as the gates of Augusta National Golf Club will once again open to the world. The brilliant design of Jones and Alistair McKenzie has stood the test of time, producing some of golf's greatest and most disastrous moments. As the players roll down Magnolia Lane this spring, this will be a unique Masters as the golfing world is still trying to find its footing as the Live and PGA Tour guys will be together once again. Their attendance is more uncomfortable than Uncle Eddie showing up for the Griswold family Christmas. There are some amazing traditions at Augusta, starting off with a par three. Let's hope Tony Finau doesn't snap another ankle or knee. Some headlines coming into this week. Tiger makes his return to Augusta since Riviera. Now that Tiger is single, will he be seen at Hooters with John Daly? Brooks Kepka is coming off a massive win at the Live Golf Orlando from world-renowned Orange County National? Wherever that is, let's just hope he and all the other Live guys remember they all start on the first hole. Will Scotty Scheffler make things more interesting on the course than his champion's dinner menu? And of course, Roy McIlroy. Will he get his first green jacket to complete the career Grand Slam and give Greg Norman the middle finger on the way out? Everybody strap in for what will surely be an amazing week. On behalf of my colleagues here at 300 Par, we hope you enjoy the coverage and welcome to a tradition unlike any other, the Masters. gentlemen welcome back to the three under par podcast this is a golf podcast where what do i call like i'm your host scotty t and i'm joined by my co-host t-bone in the other box t-bone how are you doing my friend masters week baby couldn't be doing any better we are here this is the mecca in my opinion of golf it is the masters augusta national golf club in full display in all of its glory I mean, we've got a ton to talk about, man. It is going to be a fantastic week. Been looking forward to it. You got this circled on the calendar every single year. Can't wait. Can't wait. How are you feeling? Feeling good. It got here quick. I, I feel like I was waiting for so long, and the fact that it's finally here, it's it's fantastic. It's all, I'm, I've been waiting for so long and so excited about it that I'm already almost sad that it's over, as sick as that is, but... Man, I can't wait for it. I watched the uh, the women's amateur tournament. I watched a little bit of that, which is a nice little entree to Masters Week. So live from the Masters, been ripping that all all day, and uh, yeah, ready, ready, um, ready to get to Thursday. No, the Augusta National uh, women's amateur tournament has turned. It's still really young, and and I would say in its infancy, but it's a really nice precursor. Really nice tournament uh the week before the masters and uh 
I don't think they play all the rounds there, but the final round is on the grounds at Augusta National. This year went into a playoff, so pretty electric. And then you have the drive, chip, and putt, too, that leads up to it over the weekend. And Augusta National, you know, obviously one of the most exclusive clubs. It's it's probably the most public, well-known private golf club, arguably in the entire world. So I think they've done a good job of making it even more accessible to the public, at least during that brief period of time, because outside of these 10 days or whatnot, it is radio silence. You know nothing about what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. No, it it's a mysterious place for sure. I, I think you said it perfectly. I mean, there's so many people out there, so many people dying to get out there every every year. And um, yeah, there's so many unknown things about it. And they're always changing the course here and there. So uh, it's uh it's an interesting place, man. Have you been? You're muted. I'm sorry, what was your question? Have you been? I have. Soft flex, been to the Masters 2018, went on Saturday. That was the year P. Reed won, hashtag Team Reed, I guess. <laughs> so that, <laughs> uh, you know, that is what it is. But it was a phenomenal experience. That's also when I got to play Hague Point, which we have talked a lot about offline. Point. Um, yeah, so I feel like I can wear the Masters gear because I've actually been there. Unlike a lot of people who break out their master's gear this year, don't even know where Augusta is on the map, but that's fine. I get it. I'll let it slide. Have you been? No, but I just know where it is on the map because I have so much gear. I know where the <laughs> pen is on the, on the uh, United States. So that's right. But it's on the list. It's on the list. It's definitely bucket list item to, to go. I think everybody should go. It doesn't matter if you're a golf fan or not. It is the absolute best. I've heard it described two ways. It's Disneyland for adults or Disney World for, for adults, which at 1 billion percent agree. And also it's the most religious experience non-related to religion ever, if that makes sense. It, like when you just go on there, you know, cell phones, you just you almost like take a step back in time in a weird way. But they've also done a great job of modernizing everything. The pro shop is absolutely, or the gift shop is absolutely unbelievable. I mean, you look at the TV, the grounds. I mean, especially being there now, like you're like, oh, that's the restroom. Oh, that's where the the merch tent is. That's where the you know the pimento cheese the pimento cheese cheese sandwiches are. And you would have no clue on the broadcast, but it's like in plain sight. But it's hidden behind trees. It's everything is so strategically placed and well thought out it's there's literally no place like it on earth correct me if i'm wrong with the merch tent which is a place i i'm dying to get to but won't they ship your your merch for you yes that's what they do you go in and order it and then you <laughs> give them their insane. address and they'll ship it to you and be like it'll be there in a week <laughs> so great but that's insane. what i'm saying dude they think of everything You're yeah. just jealous. I can see yeah. it on your face. You're just jealous. But uh, all right, real quick, Valero Texas Open. Real quick, real quick. Uh, Corey Connors won. Congratulations to Corey Connors. Won that a couple years ago. He had a nice little, what, three putt within three feet this week, too, and still ended up winning. So first time winning as a father. That's all I really got for this week. Yeah. I think all I had was hoping Ricky could get a last-minute invite, but wasn't meant to be. But – 
I think Valero's behind us. We're full full uh full speed ahead with Masters Week. So I think I kick it off by just saying, what do you think is the biggest storyline heading into this week? Yeah, it's a great question. I think the biggest storyline going into this week, well, first, not the biggest storyline, but it's definitely worth noting the course change. 13, honestly, that might be one of the biggest storylines going in is the course change to 13 in the era of the modern game. The USGA announced the rolling back the ball, but Augusta Nationals had to do some major changes to keep up. You know, the joke was essentially tiger-proof the golf course because his win in 97 was just absolutely unbelievable the way he blew away the course. So 13 has been a long topic of conversation. They extended it back. They bought the property behind it. I don't know off the top of my head how far it plays. I think it's about 30 yards further, if I'm not mistaken. But I want to say around 560. 60? 566. So I was actually surprised when I saw that today because that's still kind of short for it being added 30 yards. But uh but yeah, that that I think that's an interesting uh storyline for sure. Um let's see. I'm trying to uh the holes increased by 35 yards, so now it plays 545 on the card. So even shorter. Even shorter. Yeah, it's just I mean, we all remember Bubba Watson when he won in uh I think it was 2012 and 2014, him just absolutely blowing by everything. It's it's outrageous. It really is. Um, it's a, probably a necessary change. It's just when you make changes to a golf course like Augusta, people are like, wait, what? Oh, my gosh, what is happening right now? This is crazy town. So, honestly, I think that is one of the bigger storylines to see how 13 plays out because, you know, in the past, that's been a birdie every single time, right? Like, it's been an automatic birdie almost. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be a good change. This is, I think this hole's a lot better when you have people laying up or they're hitting four or five irons in instead of maybe six or seven. So, yeah, that's definitely been a, a topic of conversation. But I think one that's really standing out to me, I heard this stat today. It kind of broke my heart, honestly, was uh, uh, I, I think we'll get to the live conversation at some point. But I think anytime there's a chance for the career Grand Slam, it's going to be a story. And I heard today that Rory has had nine chances here. It's been nine years for him having the chance to win the Grand Slam at the Masters. Nine? <laughs> that, that killed me. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, everybody remembers his collapse in 2011. Oh, that's tough. Him, him on the snap hook on 10 was just absolutely atrocious. Yeah. Like I think he shot 81. Yeah. I can't even remember who won that that tournament, but um that's all I all think of. And I love Rory. We posted a video the other day of you know wanting to ride with him, and it's uh it's so hard because it feels like there's so much pressure built up. And I hope he can get over that, but it's going to be a great day when he wins when he wins the Masters, and I really hope it's this week. Um, another kind of random Masters thought was I didn't realize how close Angel Cabrera was to winning two green jackets. 
Yeah, he really did. I mean, and we talked about it. He might be in a jail cell right now. (laughs) He's in a jail cell. Let's say he ain't he ain't at that champions dinner tomorrow night. No, no, he's not. But yeah, I guess he was. I didn't realize he was in playoffs. He was in a playoff twice. Won the first one, lost the second one to Adam Scott in 2013. So saw the 10 year anniversary was coming up with uh, with Adam Scott there. But it's kind of kind of crazy to think back some of these coulda woulda shouldas and other people that have could have won the masters and that we're so close to um i think brooks lost by a shot or two in 2019 when tiger won on hell cabrera almost winning two uh i think chad campbell was also in that play that first playoff with on hell cabrera which would be insane if he was a masters champion wow but it's just it's crazy to think how close this tournament is, how the history could have changed over these last, you know, so many years. And uh, hell, even in the 90s and 80s, Greg Norman could have been at the Champions Dinner this week, which would have been wild. Yeah, that and, would have been uh, insane. It, it's, it's just crazy to think all the history and so, so many people that were so close to winning. No, that's absolutely true. I mean, Louis Oosthuizen, right? Losing the Bubba Watson in the playoff. I mean, Ken Venturi, even if you want to go all the way back to the 50s and 60s, I mean, he should have won a couple of them if he didn't shoot, what was it, 80? And then Jackie Burke came back and win, uh, to win all those years. The Masters has done a great job of curating that just entertainment factor that makes you want to tune in every single year. It's either a – because people always – charge up i feel like it's the back nine on sunday that's when it happens you know and then you also have the collapses that go along with it we think of greg norman uh we think of um, i hate saying this jordan spieth in 2016 as well man when but guess who won the green jacket danny willett because he goes out and makes that charge on the back nine on sunday augusta national i've heard it i've heard it called manufactured drama I, I don't like that at all. I think that's kind of disingenuous, actually. I don't even if it is, I don't care. I really don't care because that's good entertainment. It's great golf. And even still, you gotta go out and hit the shots. The back nine is gettable, but you still gotta. I mean, we 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 just said 13 might be an automatic birdie hole, but you're still hitting almost a baseball swing because that ball is so far above your feet. And then we think of Phil Mickelson on his shot on 13 from the pine straw. That's an all-time shot, right? I mean, but he made it look easy, which he missed the putt, by the way. But that's neither here nor there. He's the one. But 12, I think that's what really makes or breaks Masters. Um, even when Tiger won in 2019, you had Brooks Kepka who hit it in the water. You had Tony Finau, who hit it in the water. We talked about Spieth in 16. Um, even, I think, Greg Norman, did, I think he hit it in the water, too, back in, 80, in 96 when he was uh, supposed to win, when Nick Faldo uh, ended up winning so yeah there's just so many incredible masters moments that we were going to do a top five of masters moments we're going to do a top five of a different masters theme but there's just so many phenomenal ones to choose from i mean sandy lyle you have um is it sandy lyle or man i'm going sandy lyle is the one who hit it uh who beat greg norman right on the chip in yeah, chip on 11 in. who's yeah. the guy who hit it from the bunker on 18 stuck it's like a foot it's from the 80s the scottish guy i'm going um, i don't know but one you're missing is the 86 masters oh i mean that's so true to, uh, yeah jack nicholas yes sir right 
You have uh, Arnold Palmer coming back and winning his. Gary Player, right? He always talks about how he went out in 30 when he comes, even though he said that, um, well, it was the Masters is the lowest on his priority list now that the British Open is the best, <laughs> the best one to win. I don't know. It, when, I feel like Gary Player is kind of turning into a clown show right now, unfortunately. But heck, dude, even the shot. The reason why one of the big reasons why the Masters is what it is is because you know they when um Bobby Jones and Clifford Roberts decided to create this golf course, that was in the middle of the Great Depression back in the 30s. And so then they really just wanted to have this tournament as a friends-only tournament. It just happened to be their friends were the best golfers in the world. And then you have Gene Sarazen, who hit a double eagle on 15. The shot heard round the world, as they say, that propelled the Masters tournament into the popularity, and then everybody wanted to start playing it. And so, even, dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, even going all the way back to 1935, the shot heard around the world, absolutely incredible. And the thing is, that hole is the same one that they're playing today. That's is what makes the Masters special. It truly is a tradition unlike any other. For sure. I think the things the thing that makes it so great is, I mean, well, they play the – it's an amazing golf course, and it's played there every year. This is the one golf course, which this will be a little preview of our top five. But this is a golf course I've never been to, never played, and I think I can name every hole. So mm. it's just an awesome experience. Um, man, the back nine on Sundays get me, get me fired up. So it's going to be right, a great I need, a, I need to fat check myself here. It was Larry Mize who chipped in on 11. I can just – here, Trey Cassidy in the back of my head here corrected me, but uh, it was Larry Mize who chipped in to beat Greg Norman in the playoff, and then it was why am I lose? Why it was Sandy Lyle the following year who hit that shot on eighteen from the fairway bunker to about three feet. Um, I mean, then of course Tiger Woods, VJ Singh. I mean, incredible winners. Even heck, Charles Schwartzel birdieing what his last four or five holes in a row to win the green like incredible, incredible moments. Uh, so some other storylines, Scott, to go back to your, uh, that come to my attention, obviously live, right? That's, it's the first time that all these guys have, are, are back playing on the same course. Really? The only time that they get together now is the major championship. So this is the first time since August or July when the British open, whenever, ever, um, everybody is now back playing on the same field. You know, Brooks Kepka coming in hot off a win this week down in Orlando for the live tour. But, you know, it's good to see that it's a big topic of conversation, but a lot of the guys are really downplaying it. I feel like, you know, Bryson DeChambeau was playing a tiger, was playing a, a practice round with Tiger, if I'm not mistaken. So, no, no, I thought, wait, who did Tiger play his practice round with? Tiger called it off. No, God's golf. <laughs> tiger I thought he was called playing it with, like Tom Kim and Freddie Couples. Yeah, they added Rory, kicked Bryson. Ah, oh, never mind. We're back, baby. It could be golf gossip for the week. But for the most part, I think you're right. I think every live golfer that I've seen interviewed so far, they're saying this is a media fans thing that are making more drama out of it than it really is. And I think – as a golfer playing in such a big tournament, you want as few distractions as possible. But as I'm kind of looking through this leaderboard and potential pairings, 
it's crazy to think how many live guys are actually there. There's 20 in the field. A lot of them are past champions. And it's, in my opinion, it's just going to be a storyline the whole week. And if one of one of them pulls out a win, I think it's going to be pretty brutal. And Greg Norman was saying some shit about how they're all going to be there to congratulate him on the 18th green. I'm like, oh, I just don't think it's good for the game. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be exciting if it's a live guy and a PGA Tour guy headed, headed down the stretch one-on-one. But, damn, I don't like it. It's not going to be a feel-good moment if we got a live guy putting on a jacket. There's maybe a few that that I would be okay with. I think DJ winning would be hilarious. Cam Smith, I think oh, that would actually be pretty bad. I think that would almost show that they do have talent that's going over to live with. I don't know. It's it's just a weird dynamic. I, I don't I don't like where it's going. You're on mute. That's twice. I didn't realize you said 20. Yeah. 20 live guys. Yeah. And <laughs> I, just, I just like put the weird taste in my mouth for some reason. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, it's not wrong. Cause even like, let's say your boy or my boy, Joaquin Neiman slips on the green jacket. Like that would just, that would feel weird. You know? Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm, I'm not, I, this is ironic because we we're doing, a, we're doing a stinking golf podcast, but I'm having trouble finding the words about it. It's not because obviously they're still playing; they're still the best players in the world, and honestly, like they should be playing in the Masters. They these guys should be playing in the major championships. To your point, a lot of them are former winners. Like I don't think Sergio Garcia would be invited based off his world rankings anymore if he wasn't a former champion. Heck, even Bubba Watson. So, um, yeah, Charles Schwartzel as well. That's the thing though. Like a lot of the guys who stirred up the trouble, let's, let's say, let's put Sergio and Phil aside here at a sec, you know, your Graham McDowell's, your, um, Ian Poulter's, they're not in the field. Right. If I'm not mistaken, like those are the guys and Lee Westwood. Those are the guys who are the loudest amongst the media and on Twitter, more guys. We saw it on, uh, on full swing guys, DJ cam Smith. They're like, yeah, it's just a decision. Like it is what it is. They're not causing yeah. the problem. These aren't the problem children unless, but then you have some who Phil who just absolutely started this whole thing, but I feel like he's kept low profile in the last year or so. Maybe he's trying to stay out of the media for tax reasons again, but that's, but then yeah, P Reed and Sergio are really the only two that I can think of that really kind of cause a cause a fuss, if you will. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. And uh, also about Liv, one thing we talked about last week was, are they going to wear their team, um, team merch, team logos? And that is a yes. Yep. They are wearing the team logos. Uh, on uh, Cam Smith's press conference today, he said he actually packed two sets of clothes, his whatever team he's on, which shows you how well Liv is doing. Um, the fact that I know I have a golf podcast and don't know what team he's on, but anyways, his team branded merch and blank merch in case he gets asked to, um, not wear it, but it, it's a weird dynamic watching some of these guys that have been under brands for so long, like DJ with Taylor made and Adidas. Mm. I saw on 
this weekend. DJ's playing in foot joy golf shoes. You look at Phil. Phil's wearing like the Nike Jordan golf shoes. And he's been with, you know, like Callaway for, for so long. And um, it, it's just so weird that they're having these team branded uh, merch deals and they're bringing it to Augusta. And they've, I don't know, been there for so long with these sponsorships and now that it's all changing i don't know it's funny but so i am surprised that they are wearing the the live golf team logos but uh i guess augusta hasn't said anything so far we'll see if they let them wear it thursday that's right so and then you know t-bone i feel bad we've gone this far into the podcast without miss without mentioning <laughs> tiger woods tiger woods is back uh, he is playing. What do you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say Scotty Scheffler. I think we can get that too. He, he's next. Tiger Woods <laughs> deserves to go first. Five-time champion. The return to glory will forever be etched in my mind. As in my opinion, I know we weren't going to do this, but if we were going to do top five, that was going to be my number one overall pick was the return to glory. Again, five-time major champion. Last we saw him was out at Riviera looking okay not great so hopefully he's had some time to rest and recover and sharpen up that game you know he's always said he's not going to play a golf tournament unless he feels like he can win so tiger probably believes that he can win this week there's just something about it man it's when you put on that red shirt and on the grounds out of on the grounds at augusta national it is superman putting on his cape taking off his glasses it is remarkable uh, look, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the mix after Friday. We'll see if his body holds up afterwards, but it's going to be great seeing Tiger. It's always a treat and a pleasure to see Tiger on the grounds at Augusta National. Uh, hopefully his mind is in the right headspace. As we talked about a few weeks ago, he's having some lady troubles again. So hopefully he's gotten all those things ironed out so we can actually focus on golf. Yeah, I, I have no idea what to expect. I never want to be the guy to rule him out, but <laughs> you don't want to be that. We I don't want to do. be that guy. No, but there's there's word that it's gonna be a little rainy this week, potentially some cold weather, and the delays, soft ground, cold weather. That's a nightmare for Tiger right now. He needs mm. his prime of conditions as he can get, and. I just, I don't want to be that guy that says it's no chance, but I would be surprised if he's in the mix on the weekend. Like you said, I think he's going to have a good Thursday, good Friday round, probably make the cut, but I think he's going to be just waving to the patrons on Sunday with, the, with his early tea time, but we'll see what happens. Anything can happen. I'm going to no expectations. That. I'm going to clip <laughs> that. I have no expectations. I wouldn't be surprised if he shoots 80 and this was the cut. I would – okay, I wouldn't be surprised if he wins. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I really don't know what to expect from Tigers. So, should be a good one. Absolutely. Uh, so, another big headline here, Mr. Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler, defending champion, shot 10 under par last year. As we – it probably should have been 11, but he missed a little dinker. At the end, as we all remember, and um, 
You know, there's going to be a special that's coming on, I think, Saturday, T-Bone, of Jack Nicholas, Tiger Woods. It's Sunday morning. Is it Sunday morning? Yeah, I think it's Easter Sunday. Okay, fantastic. Uh, I will definitely be tuning in. Uh, hosted by Trevor, Trevor Immelman, who is the 2008 Masters champion, and then obviously defending champion Scotty Scheffler will be on there. But, uh, I mean, he, he's there's been like a – carousel if you will of john rom rory mcelroy and scotty shuffler these guys are shifting between one two and three in the world i would say everybody agrees they're probably the best three players at the moment we'll see if cam smith has anything to say about that after this week but they are the best players in the world scotty shuffler coming off his players championship win and then defending masters champion i mean the guy's unbelievably hot it's so hard to win back to back tournaments just period especially major championship at a course like augusta national the last person to do it was tiger woods back in 2001 2002 so what are your thoughts on scotty and does he repeat as champion so i don't want to rule out you really do not want to rule out scotty scheffler i think honestly he's better than rom and rory he's so damn good Look at his master. Look at his major history. I think he's missed a cut like once, and I swear everything else is like top ten. The guy is insane. I I really do think he's above Rom and Rory right now, and I think it's hard to pick anyone else other than him. Um, I would normally pick Rory, and I, I on the video I posted. Yesterday I said I'll pick Rory. I think I'm going to honor that. That was but, preseason. Uh, oh, that, was that was preseason. preseason. Keep in mind because I picked Xander Shoffley. And I don't think, <laughs> I don't think uh, he's not picked. Yeah, if you want to hold me to it, we can we can <laughs> do play that game. But, dude, he's he's the best of the three right now. Um, I think he's so good and his experience in majors is insane. And – I think he has a very, very good chance of, of defending the, the jacket. I mean, you you said it well. There's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't pick Scotty Scheffler. Like, I'm looking at uh, VegasInsider.com, betting odds right now, Scotty Scheffler plus 700. Roy McIlroy is also plus 700. I think he figured something out at the match play, if I had to guess. You know, he had some major driving issues at the Players' Championship. It sounds like he's got those worked out. John Rahm, plus 900. Jordan Spieth, plus 1,600. That one's interesting. Jordan Spieth, I think, is playing good. He always plays well at Augusta, man. He loves that place. This is a sick back, like sick and not in a good way. He only has one green jacket. I feel like he should have three. Realistically, he should have two. That's up, yeah. But was his first year on tour, he almost won the Masters. Yeah, it was 2014. Him and Bubba were going pretty much head to head. And then Bubba just, I think that's when experience won out. Bubba just, he yeah. played like a Masters champion, honestly. He deserved to win. And yeah. then you had uh, Jordan Speed just absolutely lapping the field in 2015. And then he was lapping the field for about 63 holes in 2016. And then we all know what happened. I'm not reliving that. But fun fact, too, I heard this the other day. Do you know who played with Jordan Spieth in the final group in 2016? 
Was it Smiley? Smiley Kaufman. Smiley Kaufman. R.I.P. That is the only Masters that he has ever played, too. So the only Masters he ever played, he played in the final group on Sunday. I think that's a record. I think Brandel Chambly or somebody said that the other day. And I was like, that is brilliant. That's so true, yeah. though. I think he shot like 81, too. Yeah, it was not, it was not good. Yeah. Uh, but some other betting odds, Justin Thomas, plus 2,000. Notables after that are Patrick Cantlay, Cameron Smith, Morikawa, Jason Day, trending in the right direction. <laughs> DJ, uh, Cam Smith, I think I said that, Tony Finau, Cam Young, and Max Homa, Kepka, and Zala Torres. And then after that, it's kind of a bit more. Um, Some yeah. Someone I want to talk about on that list that I think is yeah. interesting is JT. I okay. think he's – it seems like his whole year has been thrown off with putting, took some time off from the match play. And he's probably approaching the seven, eight, ninth Masters or so, which I think is a good enough experience to be to have an advantage over the field. And he's so damn good, but I think he's getting a little under the radar because his putting's been bad. Granted, you really need to be on at Augusta, but I think it's an interesting pick for this week because. He has the capabilities of winning. I think he would normally be really in the, the center of conversations around favorites here. Yeah. It's just been a little quiet because of putting. So I'm kind of interested to see how he's going to end up this week. It's a really good point, too, because at Augusta National, those greens are all over the place. They're like roller coasters. Not only do you have to put the ball in the right place on the green, you have to put lights out. That's what made Tiger so great. It was how creative he is on the greens and Jack Nicholas as well. Phenomenal putters. So yeah, then yeah, that's that's a really good point. I'm looking at JT's Masters record in 2020. So that fall masters, he finished fourth. And then uh last year he finished T eight. So I think that was a sneaky T eight. It just feel like Scheffler kind of ran away with it last year. Yeah. Which that, that's kind of another thing. It's almost surprising how underperforming he's he's done at the Masters because it seems like he's always in the mix at other majors. So it, it feels like he's it's about time he steps up here. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah. really, the, the, one he, the one he really has not performed well at is the British Open. He mm -hmm. He's missed a couple cuts. Um, you know, T40, T53 – no tournament and then um yeah t11 is his best finish at the british open so anyway we're not not talking about the british open but when yeah he, does, he doesn't really seem in the mix as for a guy's talented as jt and as a person who loves this tournament like everybody does you would think he would be in the conversation and he really hasn't been yeah what do you what do you think about let's talk about some live guys what do you think about dj brooks Maybe even P. Reed. Like, I think those guys can play well. Unfortunately, I, I think one of those three guys is going to be in the mix or someone I'm not thinking of from Liv, but those are the kind of three guys. I guess Cam Smith also. Cam Smith, DJ Brooks, Patrick Reed. I would bet one of those four guys are going to be in the mix. I would really only put two of them there. I'll put DJ and Cam Smith. Honestly, really? 
Yeah, I don't know why Patrick Reed, look, he got his Masters win and like, great, go off into the sunset now, man. Like he's, I, maybe it's to, maybe I'm biased because I just don't really care for the guy, but it doesn't, it doesn't excite me at all when it comes to Augusta. Also, like generally Augusta National plays really well for people who fade the ball because you the uh, the ball stops quicker when you fade it. He's a natural drawer of the golf ball. So that's I just like people who fade the golf ball more. And DJ and Cam Smith, even even Morikawa, they hit those high cuts, man. It is and Scheffler, they hit those high cuts, which are really fun to see. And like when the ball gets wayward, it will stop quicker. So and um well, one thing with P. Reed, I want to say defending champion, or sorry, not a, a past champion. Easy. He finished, I want to say, second lost in a playoff in that Dubai tournament with Rory. Okay. Second last place in Orlando behind Brooks at the Live Orlando. Look, he I might mean, be trending. And I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I love experience at Augusta National, and he has that experience. So maybe I'm foolish for crossing him off my list, but that's just kind of how I feel right now. He doesn't excite me in the same way that DJ and Cam Smith do. Now, Brooks is interesting. I don't think he'll be in the mix, though. Uh, it sounds like he's a bit more healthy. He just has not played well this year until this last week. Like last week, he comes off with a win over at Liv, and everybody's like, oh, Brooks Kepka, you know, he's – He's back, you know what I'm saying? It's crazy town. I don't know, dude. Augusta's just different. He's different than some course in it, Orlando. Sorry, just is. Yeah. So another thing I, I saw on the Golf Channel today, they were talking about how – so Team Torque won. Brooks won the individual. I think okay. their team's match. Anyways, one of the the guys on Torque, he's the – I can't remember. Is Sebastian Munoz from Oklahoma okay. State. Went straight to live. And post-round, he said he was tied or one back of Brooks or something. And he said on 18, basically had a chance to go after in or go after a par five and two or something. And he said, well, I had to play it safe because our team was in contention. So I wanted to secure the, the par or something instead of the team title. And it was like, that exactly is why. This is an issue when you're bringing your game mm. to the Masters. Granted, I don't think he's playing, but this is what these guys have been doing. It's, you know, they're put in situations where it's a, there's less pressure because it's a team event. Right. And there's more add, money from the team. Add the cut, add the cut aspect too. So this is kind of what we've been talking about for a while, but I saw that today and they were talking about how that is going to be a disadvantage, I think, for these live guys. And, I agree because it's not the same. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a really good point. I hadn't considered. So yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. It's interesting. It'll be really interesting to see how it plays out. All right, T-Bone, before we get into our official picks, what's your favorite master's tradition or your favorite little tidbit, little weird, cool thing that the master's does? Hmm. Kind of putting you on the spot here. We didn't really prep for this. So. If you, if you need time to think, that's okay. You have I, one? Yeah. Do I have I one? Just, yeah. I mean, there are just so many little things. I think even what we found out during full swing when Tony Finau said the number on the the caddy bibs was the number when you check in. Like, that's so cool. I had no idea about that. Uh, I really like the – people kind of 
give it a hard time, but I like the idea of the crow's nest, how all the how the masters highlights the amateurs and how the amateurs stay on the grounds at Augusta during the tournament up in the crow's nest in a bunk room. I think that's really cool. That's really unique that no other tournament really offers. And the other to go along with that, so I think they highlight the amateurs really well. I think they do a great job of honoring their past champions. I think that's partially because they play at the same course every single year. You can literally go where Bubba Watson hit his rope hook on on uh, 10. You can go anywhere on the – you can go where Tiger chipped in on 16, with right? You can stand right there. Like that is so cool. So to couple along with that, I think they do an incredible job of honoring their champions. So uh, I would say honoring the champions and the Crow's Nest is my favorite little Masters tidbit. Nice. I'll say something extremely obvious, but there's nothing cooler than the green jacket. The green jacket is the coolest thing, the coolest award, coolest trophy, coolest honor of any other sport. The the rules around it where you have it for a year, then you can only wear it on the grounds. That whole dynamic is is awesome and really makes the masters that's a that's a big part of it pretty obvious but i think that's what makes the masters really cool i agree i agree like i said the masters they just do everything right flip side real quick the most cringeworthy one is the green jacket presentation at butler cabin i <laughs> love it because every year it's an absolute train wreck <laughs> it is it's too quiet in there something's yeah. something's weird and they don't really know what to say or act or shake hands. It's yeah, it's that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. T-Bone. I think this takes us here to official masters pick. Who is your pick for the 2023 masters championship <sighs> or the masters? I think it's a master's championship. Who is your master's champion? It's tough. I guess give me a coin. I'll flip an imaginary coin. We go Rory McIlroy. Sticking with it. Sticking with Rory, huh? Sticking with Rory. It's got to happen at some point. I think it's a good year for it. Rory McIlroy. With all these live guys coming out there now, it would be so fitting if Rory McIlroy was wearing the green jacket at the end of Sunday. I would love that. That would be awesome. All right. Who you got? Man, for my pick, I think I'm going to go with it's so hard not to pick one of those three guys, right? Shuffler, McElroy, Rom. If you would have asked me a month ago, I said I probably would have said John Rom. He's not necessarily playing the best at the moment, did not have a good showing down at uh down in Austin. Week off might have helped figure and figure it out. Man, I think I'm gonna go Scotty Scheffler. I think Scotty Scheffler gets the repeat, gets it done. He's just he's in a great mindset, dude. He's playing out of his freaking mind. And he's won there before. He knows what it's like having the pressure at Augusta, and I absolutely love that. So yeah, I think Scotty Scheffler gets it done. I kind of want to take him, but I'll stick with Rory. I I I think, yeah. 
We're, we're really going out on a limb here. Yeah, right. We're taking one, two favorite betting odds. I was about to ask, who's one guy who could sneak up on you? Who's one guy that maybe has an outside chance of winning the Masters here? So, like, a few years ago, nobody really probably would have foresaw Hideki Matsuyama winning the Masters, right? Or yeah. heck, even Sergio back in twenty eight or 2017. So, who's somebody like that that is – maybe has an outside shot of winning the masters. I mean, this would be insane. Actually, I'm not going to pick this. This is actually a guy who I don't think will win the masters, but it came to mind just naturally. I was thinking Sam Burns just entered top 10 in the world, uh, won the match play, but it's his second time at the masters. I'm pretty sure. I don't like that. So, um, Honestly, someone so under the radar that I think could win always plays a great year's DJ. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Um, yeah, I, I could see DJ and then also just kind of a random first-time winner. JT could pop up, you know. If he figured out That's his putting. That's not a his- long shot, dude. Come on. JT? I guess compared to Hideki. That's like saying, oh, I think Clay Thompson's going to drop 30 tonight. Like, yeah, he's not the best player on his team, but like, he's still two ACLs torn. He's, I don't know, kind of old. <laughs> I don't know. Um, How about Jason Day? I think Jason Day's got a shot to win. Actually, yeah, I like that a lot. Okay. I'll give you a guy who has played well here a lot, who's going to be one of my sneaky picks for my pick. Okay. Veteran. Starting to trend in the right direction, Justin Rose. Love it. Justin Rose always plays great at the Masters. Yeah, he did. Maybe not always, but he has had he has had some close finishes. Yeah, like like Justin Rose a lot. Yeah, I love it. Who did he lose to? Sergio. Damn, I would much rather Justin Rose have won that one. Yeah. So uh, another person to keep an eye on who I like to. I'm going to go with um, Matthew Fitzpatrick. Love my guy. You're, you're going to keep riding. <laughs> I'll, I'll ride Matthew Fitzpatrick in the same way that you're riding Warren McIlroy, okay? <laughs> oh, man, that's classic. Yeah. Um, no, those are good. So those uh, are our official picks for the Masters. Um, T-Bone, I think this moves us to top five here, unless there's anything you want to add. No, I think that's good. I think this top five is the only one that would keep us from ending this podcast at a reasonable hour. I think if we did moments, we would just go on. So kind of simple, but I think it's unique, and I'm excited to see where we go with this. Hopefully it's not too obvious, but yeah, we'll, uh, our top five, again, was going to be best Masters moments. We would be here all night. Thought We thought about doing top five Masters collapses as well but that might even be longer <laughs> with uh I, those might even just kind of coincide like tigers went in 2019 would you consider that a collapse of francesco molinari like a lot of those as we talked yeah. about earlier, greg norman nick faldo those a lot of those go hand in hand together to create these great masters moments throughout history but our top five for this week is going to be the top five holes at augusta national each hole has their own name Again, it's the only thing we could think of that would keep us here before <laughs> tomorrow morning. 
So yeah, I, uh, pretty excited about this one. Probably again, the most recognizable private golf course in the world. Everybody knows these holes. So we're going to give you our top holes. And I, uh, I do consider myself a, uh, a top, uh, high percentage, uh, masters fan, but I only have one monitor and don't think I can name many by name. So maybe I can rely on you for that. But, I do. I have the dual monitor system going right here. Okay. So you tell me the number, the number of the hole, and then I'll say the name, but okay, yeah. I think you went first last week. It is my turn to go first. I hope that's okay. But back yep. and forth, the Instagram standings, three to three to two, you're winning at the moment. I'm picking up on a trend, so we'll see if it holds up after this week. But I need you, Instagram listeners, vote for me in advance. <laughs> so go follow us on our social media channels at 3 and a Pod. That's where we will post these, uh, the rankings. So especially on Instagram, go follow us there. All right. So number one overall pick for me, again, very tough. I think I got to go with number 12, Golden Bell, the par three. It's the most beautiful part of the golf course. All the azaleas in the background. I mean, literally, you walk down there and it's down the hill, and it is absolutely spectacular. Race Creek right across the middle. I love it, too, because, and I know the golfers love it, because when they're over on 12, there's no fans. There's no galleries. It's just them hitting their putts or chipping onto the green and then hitting that tee shot on 13. There's no place like it else in the world, in my opinion. So that's why number 12. It also, again, I said it earlier, it makes or breaks golf tournaments. It makes or breaks Masters champion if you don't play it correctly. And if you go in the water on 12, you bring in a high number. And so I think number 12, Golden Bell, is the first overall pick. Love it. Yeah, that, that, that one was going to go early. I think it's a obvious first-rounder. Um, that basically separated Tiger from the field when he won. Brooks, Francesco, Finau, Poulter. I think all of those guys made up the last two groups when Tiger won. Tiger hit the middle of the green, had the two putt from 30 feet. It's a great hole. It's so crazy. A lot of history. Great pick. Absolutely. All right. Um, for my first pick, I got to go 13. Uh, I'm hoping with the new tee boxes, it's going to make it even better. Um, reachable par five. There's been some insane shots. Again, a make or break hole. Think of Phil from the Pine Straw. Um, just a, a great reachable par five that's, that's so fun to watch. And I think this year it's going to be even better when you have a little bit longer irons in, maybe a little more layups. Um, but it's – I think that hole's awesome because it seems so easy, but you'll see guys make, like, tens. So they're yeah. trying to cut the corner, and then their drop is even worse. Uh, seeing the guys hit it from the pine straw to the right, trying to hit it on the green, it's it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. 13. No, it's fantastic. It can really propel a person who's making a charge – so, yeah, we'll see how it's well-received after this year. So kind of risque pick, T-Bone, going with the cold that's getting the, the facelift this year. But, yeah, you're right, traditionally 100%. So for me, number two, man, I'm torn between two of them. I think I'm going to go number 16. 
another par three. So I'm taking both the par threes on the backside, but 16 incredible hole. It's one of the flattest holes on the golf course too. You don't realize that until you're there, but it's had some incredible moments. Hole in ones, Tigers chip in on 2005. I mean, just a gift from God himself with for yeah. Nike, when that Nike logo is just chilling on the lift, right? It's, it was amazing. It's, and again, when he won in 2019 too, that was a big call for him. The slope, I mean, even Jack Nicholas, when he, when he won, Gary Player, there's just so many amazing moments on that hole. And it's a, it's not ridiculously long, probably like what, one, yeah, 170 on the card. So, yeah, I think number 16 gets the nod for number two for me. I didn't think you were going to go back-to-back par threes. I, I didn't uh, think I was either, but, like, I, I think I'd be silly if I didn't take 16 here. Okay. Well, I'll I'll do a similar play. I'll go two par fives. We'll go 15. Yeah, that was, that was it. It's – I think it has a lot of similarities – at least on TV to 13, it seems like it's a little bit harder to get there in two. What I love about it is the second shot and how unbelievably bad it can end up. When those guys hit the back edge of the green, it goes in the back pond. They got to drop from there or re-hit or whatever. I mean, it's insane. I, I also love where the bleachers are with that little um, stone bridge walkway with the players walking by. Such a great hole. So another um, historic moment there that potentially robbed a, a green jacket from Tiger that people forget about a lot. When he hit it off the pin and spun back in the water, took a step or two back, drop, two-shot penalty because it was an improper drop. Crazy stuff like that. Seve blowing the lead to Jack at 86. Um Reachable par fives in the back nine of Augusta on Sunday. Doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. I mean, so we took, so I took both par threes. You took both par fives. Again, I think very fitting in this appropriate, or that feels very appropriate. I guess I got to, <laughs> I had to sneeze real quick. I apologize there. That's, that's what the, the listeners want to hear. I want to mute though. Yeah, great pick. I think a lot of our first round picks or a lot of the early picks are going to be on the back nine. I they might have to sneeze one more time. <laughs> Got it. Number three for me, I'm going to go with number 11, White Dogwood. First hole of Amen Corner. The tee shot is becoming very daunting. I know it's not the way that it was intentionally designed to be, but they had to tiger proof the golf course. But that second shot is just absolutely brutal going into 11. 11 is actually the first hole with water on it as well, the little pond there. And, you know, there's that massive hill on the right side. And it is – TV does not do justice how overall hilly the golf course is in general, but especially that part there. It's had some amazing moments. It doesn't necessarily – it can't make a golf tournament in the way that 13 and 15 can – but it, I mean, you can have a high number there, and then you got to go into twelve and thirteen. After that, that's there's a reason why they call it Amen Corner. It starts with that second shot on eleven, so that's why it gets to the nod for number three for me. Honestly, that hole, I think it's the hardest hole on the course. It's it's a hole that I love to watch, but I honestly think I would hate it playing it. 
it oh, looks yeah. so damn hard. <laughs> the the tee shot right, you're screwed. You see guys hit what looks like like moderate moderate like layup shots that just keep rolling into the creek or into the pond there. Um, if you go left, you're probably not finding it. And a lot of these approach shots are like 220 in. It's windy. If you go right, you have all these mounts. That hole is a nightmare. Yeah. To your point, if it rains and the course is soggy, you're not getting that rollout. Ooh, oh, yeah. Man. Having some graphite in the green. Let's say for I sure. feel bad for Bernhard Langer and Freddie Couples who have to hit their <laughs> second shot in. I think speaking of our earlier conversations about Larry Mize is playing again. Uh, as he is, he has the lowest betting odds. So gotcha. it's dangerous. You, you can bet on him. I'll only play it twice. Sorry. All right. Who's your third pick? All right. I'm going to go. I'm going to go whole 10. Okay. I think the view from the green looking out to the fairway is really cool. It shows you how insane that drop-off is and the dogleg is. also think it's a great playoff hole. We've seen Masters decided on that hole. Bubba from the trees, Adam Scott on out. There's been a lot of great endings on that hole. Um, and also, if you have a guy in contention and they birdie 10, it's always like, holy shit, watch out. Yeah. They could go low. So I think it's a great start to the back nine just begins the drama pretty tough and uh there's been some some great endings to the masters on that hole so i'll go 10 i like it i like it camellia number 10 t-bone i think if i choose this you're gonna choose that if i zig you zag so i'm gonna go to date only back nine holes so far for the first pit six picks I'm going to zag and pick the first hole on the first pick from the front nine and go to number two. Number two, par five, pink dogwood. That hole is absolutely dogleg down the hill. That second shot has created some amazing moments. I think of Louis Oosthuizen, his hole out double eagle. It's a great way to propel your round, to set the tone early. Uh, Birdie's definitely in the mix. And the, the green, too. Like, again, the TV does not do it justice. Where that pin is on Sunday and where it is tucked back left, there's like five feet of room there in order to hit the green. It is absolutely spectacular. I got to get a par five, too, for my for my team here. So I go pink dog with sitting for my fourth overall pick, hole number two. Yeah, I, I always think of the Louis Eustace and double eagle there. That's a great hole. The pin placements, the – the width of that green are insane. That's a fun hole to watch. I like it. Yep. All right. Um, hmm. Hey, fun fact while you're telling this, Sue, I want to shout out to my boy Drew. He has actually played the golf course there. Not the Drew you know. No, the Drew I know. He has played the golf course, and his brother got a double eagle on number two when they played there. He said it was like the th – Third double eagle ever on that hole, and then Louis and then Louis Ustazen was like number four. So Holy shit. yeah, it's so not common at all. These guys will put it really close, obviously to tap in equal, but 
but there's not been many double eagles out there. So I want to give, I believe it was, I think, Allen. He got the double eagle there. So shout out to you, Allen. Incredible. Congrats, Alan. I'm really happy for you. I like um, <laughs> all right, I'll go. I'll go 18. The uh, maybe a hot take for as great as the Masters is, you would maybe think of a more iconic hole. I mean, we're waiting until the fourth round to pick hole 18, but at the same time, it is also an awesome hole. When you see the 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 uh the tunnel of trees hitting off that tee box my palms just start sweating you got the gallery you've got the trees and it looks like you're hitting out of like a phone booth yeah um speed a few years ago when he was making that run he was pretty much had no chance and he hits a tree what probably 100 yards out yeah i mean I always thought the president didn't really mess with them that much, but apparently it does. And um, again, I think the the green complex on 18 with the surrounding bunkers and gallery uh, going up the hill is really cool. Um, again, maybe a hot take. I think it's a little underwhelming for mm. as great as the Masters is, but we'll go with 18. It's definitely more of that tee shot, to your point. you got to get by. But heck, dude, we were talked about the the – the, the duck earlier on Hel Cabrera himself, he hit a tree on that playoff and still end up making par. I mean, yeah. Tiger, when he won in 19, he still made bogey, but then you have Phil making birdie on 18 to win his masters in 2004. It has, and then you have Jack Nicholas uh, making, I think he made bird. No, it was more Greg Norman. He really effed it up, blowing that four iron over the green. It has created some great moments. But Norman look, Palmer made a double bogey on 18 to lose the Masters. Yeah. yeah there's, a lot there's a lot of history there. But it's not like 18 at Doral or 18 at Sawgrass or heck, even 18 at the Golf Club of Houston, if you will. All, you know, <laughs> those are those are more scenic, if you will. But it it's even though it's not as scenic, it has created some phenomenal moments. For sure. But I think that's a fairly appropriate place to be like it definitely deserves to be on the list but i think if it would have been taken at three i think that would have been uh, been appropriate too so number five here t-bone my last pick man this is where a lot of them are obviously really recognizable i think you said earlier 11 you think it's the hardest hole on the course i think hole number four or five is the hardest hole on the course now that they've oh, extended yeah. it, that hole is just absolute beat down. But it's not necessarily iconic, too. So usually I would pick another hole, but I'm going to go with hole number nine for my fifth overall pick. I think I need another par four under my belt. Uh, that green is absolutely incredible. It's just it's like a 45-degree angle. How these guys even stop it, I have no clue. And if you remember, Tiger Woods in 19 – when that pen was like in the middle to front, he's in all the way back and he hit maybe the best putt I've ever seen. It was up there with like 17 at Sawgrass when he knocked it in the better than most putt. I mean, he just barely tapped that thing and it felt like it took five minutes to get to the hole and it ended up like two inches from it. It was absolutely incredible. I just think it's a good way to end the front nine, a dog leg left, crazy green complex. So here's a fun fact too about 
hole number nine. There's so Clifford Roberts was one of the founders with Bobby Jones of Augusta National. He apparently he used to always hit it in the same spot on nine. And so he had the grounds crew or whatnot make a little shelf in the area where he would hit it every single time. So because it goes straight downhill. But except for that like seven yard little shelf, it is flat. And that's because that's where Clifford Roberts used to hit it every single time. So I think it's called Robert's Shelf. But that's that's a little fun fact about Augusta that not many people know about. Interesting. Yeah. Pretty cool. So, yeah, number nine, and then you go down the hill, back up the hill, clubhouse right there. The gallery's all over the place. So, yeah, number nine is is, fifth, is my fifth-round pick. Cool. Um, I feel like I need a part three on the list, but uh, I might just say fuck it, and I'm going team part five. I'm going to go number eight. Yeah, um, that's a good one. I think eight is there's this one uh, past masters where Tigers hit this low running hook and he hits it to like eight feet. And I think a lot of the players hit that just that low runner and you see it. The camera angle is always allowing you to see the ball come in and run up the green. And when it just keeps curling into that back end, it's, it's so fun to watch and can definitely be an Eagle hole the bombers but it's always like a runner so i think it's so much different from the other par fives on the back nine too and uh just a really fun hole that uh, to get you ready for the back nine so i'm going team par five for my picks um almost took seven i think that's a great par three too hitting over the gallery that's sitting down on the hill but uh, i think it's uh, a really fun hole so got to take it for for the last pick I mean, that was going to be my – if we were going to do one honorable mention, it was going to be number six. Six is the part three. The six. Over yeah. the gallery. Yeah, six is my first first my, my first honorable mention there because, yeah, that's – but considering I took both part threes on the backside, I think I had to mix it up a little bit. So, yeah, I think that's a really iconic hole. You just had that little shelf there on the top right-hand corner. Everything funnels down. The gallery is a great place to go watching. Uh, so, yeah, that, that would have been my – my next pick at six. Gotcha. Seven's the narrow par four. That's kind of downhill, the not bill with the bunkers yeah. around it. A little shorter hole. Gotcha. You know what would have been on the list maybe a few years ago would be 17. But since that ice storm came out and took down Eisenhower's tree, doesn't doesn't play the same, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. 17. Um, honestly, I can't really picture 14 at the top of my head either. 14's got uh, that crazy green. So yeah. 14 and 5 that are like the crazy green complexes that are like roller coasters. Yeah. Another hole that we didn't talk about that could also be the hardest hole on the golf course. I think it's three, the par three. Tough, dude. Plays at 240. <laughs> <laughs> that is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, that one's a bastard. And then is four of the dog leg left? Uh, no, I apologize. So three is the short par four. That's only three fifty. Some of the guys will try to, you know, guys well, that's like where to grab the green. That's where Scheffler chipped in for eagle on Sunday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then four is the par three, and then five yeah. is a dog like par five. Six to par six is the par three, and then seven is a bit more of a straightforward par four. Yeah. I mean, plays four fifty, and then eight is par five nine. Uh, you come in with the par four. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, hole five is definitely a monster. Yeah. I mean, that that is not a fun, that cannot be a fun hole to play. But no, no. And they extended a couple years ago, played 450, now plays 490. Ugh. It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. T Bone, I think that about wraps it up for this amazing Masters week. It's gonna be electric, man. If you can't if you need to get a hold of me, I'll be on my couch watching the Masters. <laughs> <laughs> I probably won't answer many text messages this week, so I apologize in advance. But uh, T-Bone, before I close this out, any final words on this 2023 Masters week? No, I think it's uh, it's going to be a tight race between the three amigos with Rom, Scheffler, Rory. But we could also have some live drama. We could have someone that wasn't even on the radar. I think we kind of talked through all those scenarios. So interested to see how it plays out. There's no doubt about it. It's going to be fantastic. So we appreciate everybody for tuning in. Comment below with your favorite Masters moment. And also, who is your prediction to win the Masters champion? Or the Masters 2023? So follow us on our social media before you get out of here at 300ParPod. That is number three, 300 Par Pod Twitter, Instagram. Subscribe, rate, and review. Follow us on YouTube. I finally played my first round of golf of the year, T-Bone, on Sunday. So oh, yeah. I got a little video that will hopefully be dropping here in the next few weeks. Just kind of get through some things on my end, including Masters Week. And then uh, I'll be able to post that here in the next few weeks on a YouTube channel. And uh, I'm excited. Hopefully, I think I'll be live tweeting during the Masters too. So be a good time, man. I can't wait. It's it's here. We're, we, we've made it. We've arrived. Love it. Can't wait. Well, again, thank you everybody for tuning in. We appreciate you. I am Scotty T and for T-Bone. And remember... Little white ball is life.